This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. We got mean text coming up in this hour at 545, so make sure you guys uh, get creative. You still have time. Text in the, the mean things you want to say to us. Just be creative is all we ask. 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. That is still coming your way, but uh, time to take a listen to some of the other conversations going on around the station. We call it Best of the Rest. We know you love listening to us, but there are great discussions happening all over our station. I need more Jake Bobo. I need more of them. Because Jake Bobo is objectively fun to say. Yeah, I'm just not good at bats. Let's turn it down. It's time for the best of the rest. How dare you? (laughs) All right, a lot of conversations, again, centered around this uh, coaching search for the Seattle Seahawks. Again, only one of two teams with a coaching vacancy, the Washington Commanders being that other team. So we'll see if anything gets cleared up after this weekend. But uh, Brock and Salk, they had Brady Henderson in in for Brock this week, and they were talking about Mike McDonald and, and how they felt about him, and they, they disagreed a bit on on whether he was a good hire, would be a good hire for the Seahawks. In order to do a second interview with a candidate who's still in the playoffs, they would have had to interview him I think the the during wild card weekend, uh, and they didn't do that. Now, did they not do that because they didn't get the request in time? Because they he wasn't mm-hmm. really on their list at that point. I don't know, but for whatever reason, because they didn't interview him that week, right. They now have to wait until Seems after. Seems bizarre that they wouldn't have done that. And and the only thing I can take from it is that they actually just aren't really interested in hiring a defensive coach. That when 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 push comes to shove, yeah, they've interviewed Avero, they've interviewed Graham. But that when push comes to shove, they just want to hire a guy that's on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I've heard that there's interest in McDonald in the building. And, uh, you know, I also don't know why you would cast such a wide net, which the Seahawks are clearly doing. I mean, there's at least nine guys that they've interviewed at least one time. And I think that there's... I think that there's more people in play than just the nine that we know about. Why would you not interview the coordinator from the best defense in the NFL from one of the most stable organizations in the NFL like that that doesn't make sense to me that he just wouldn't be on their radar to begin with I think it has something to do more with just the timing Mm. and the fact that they missed that initial window uh, to get a second interview with him and but that so this means now that they've got to wait until whenever Baltimore is done that's when they can it just seems like an oddity given the whole thing now I I will state once again I, I say this every time and I've said this for years, it has nothing to do with the Pete Carroll, the post Pete Carroll search. I think that looking to hire the best coordinator from the best team is the height of stupidity. Hmm. The best coordinator. I mean, so why, if, why is that stupid? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally confused because <laughs> I mean, I he, well, I mean, it could be, it could be that it's uh it's a guy that they've been looking at for a long time and everybody knows him to be a good teacher and a good motivator and all that. And it just, but, it, and, and if that's the case, and then at the end of the year, he's the best coordinator, we can't hire him. Cause that would be stupid. It'd be the height of, stu- height of stupidity. I, so. I don't, I, I guess without context that that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I'm not sure what that, what the rationale is. Well, I think is. it's more of, so he doesn't want the prime quality to be this guy was a great coordinator, so that automatically makes him a head coach. 
Well, that's I, what Salk's talking about in that case. But I don't but, think that's how they. I think right. he's doing a disservice to the intelligence of, yes. of John in the front office that they're going to go. Look, they're really good. Hire him. Yeah. No, they're going to go. Hey, I like what he's doing. Let's bring him in and talk to him. Let's yeah. pick his brain. Let's let's throw scenarios at him. Let's say, how do you handle these situations? I mean, there's there's some due diligence that goes along with that rather than just going, hey, he's they're good. Let's he should he should yeah. be our coach. Well, you know? uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it could be that uh, they just arrived at it. They don't have any kind of special scheme. It's just that they have really good players. And uh, I mean, look, I you know that's kind of what happened with the Seahawk defense, right? Gus Bradley and and Dan Quinn got hired away because of that, but that was known to be a pretty simple defense. Yeah, it was more about the players, and so you know, uh, I don't know, maybe that's what what he's referring to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it obviously, I I think you know, there's well, the linebacker coach Jared Mayo, he wasn't, I think he was the linebacker coach, he wasn't the coordinator or anything, and he just happened to be the the best option that uh, that they they have in that building. Yeah. I would I would always if I had a coaching vacancy, I'm looking at where's the success in the league. What do, what do I see out there? Who's doing something unique or consistently good? And I'm looking at the teams that are in the playoffs. I mean, I I don't, I don't know why that's a bad thing to have a conversation. I don't think anybody's automatically making a hiring decision based upon that. They're making a decision to speak to said coordinator at that point. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt to speak to anybody. I would, if the Seahawks brought in Bill Belichick and brought in Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel, I'd say, cool, you're doing your due diligence. I don't, you know, why, why wouldn't you? What's the harm in a conversation? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the, one of the other things I think that we haven't really considered is that John Schneider has been around and his assistants and, you know, all the guys, his personnel people, they are, quite possibly already know pretty much everything about Belichick. Mm-hmm. Like they all know each other. And I think I've mentioned, and I, I didn't know this, but um, one of, I think one of John's like best buddies in his entire life is Mike McCarthy. Oh, okay. You know, so they, they all know each other and, you know, they know exactly who they are. So, I mean, for that reason, you know, I feel like, and I don't think there's any dislike for Harbaugh at all. I, I feel like they really respect the Seahawks do what they what he did at Michigan and so I don't think there's anything there, but I think they know enough to know that that's not the direction. It's not a good go. fit. Yeah, you already know who they are. I mean, if you look at Vrabel and Harbaugh and Belichick, like they are who they are at this point. Yeah, they're known they're known commodities right. out there. Right. So you don't really need to and so I don't think it's a bad thing to to not look at it when you know exactly it would be almost like foolish to to interview them because you already know yeah, these things. But coordinators who haven't been head coaches. Yeah. And and their success should not be a deterrent to a conversation. I guess is right. my point. Like, you know, that's the height that's stupidity to talk to the best coordinator on the best team. I d I don't know how that's a bad thing by having a conversation. Yeah. Um so it's like know. if we were to start a new radio show and, you know, I would uh you know, I would bring in Matt and ask him, So what kind of person are you? Um do you like sports? Uh, and then, you know, what Bob, kind of answer you expect there? Well, you're saying <laughs> basically really. you would not hire Matt because he's the best button pusher on the best show. And so that would be a deterrent. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Well, that's what Salk said. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> best <Right>. button pusher. <laughs> but I How dare you to... reduce him to just a button pusher? Well, I say go. button clicker. But yeah, yeah, yeah. clicker. See, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but he's not wrong, though. It is <laughs> most <laughs> of what I do here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you, all about the timing, though. You do it. Uh, you let somebody else do it that hasn't been back there and. 
you're going to be hearing some weird things That's or not like hearing anything. Because Dave couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've discovered that. That's fine. I'll try it. <laughs> you know, no, you won't. <laughs> yeah, we have we thought better of that. Uh, but, I mean, look, uh, just my point is that, like, I wouldn't interview you for a, interview you for a, a radio show because I know I know what I'm going to get. I know exactly, yeah. you know, and I, I think, and it's maybe not that familiar, but it's definitely a possibility that they, they pretty much knew everything they needed to know about these guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, sticking with those two, Salk and Brady were talking about, uh, they were talking about Geno Smith and his offseason. And we've talked about the February 16th date where, portion of his contract becomes guaranteed or his salary for the year becomes guaranteed. So if they were wanting to move on, they'd have to do it before then. Um, and here they are just talking about what happens with Gino this offseason, in their opinion. Right after the Super Bowl, there's a gigantic decision to be made. There is, yeah. So five days after the Super Bowl, which is February 11th, so five days later, February 16th, that is when Geno Smith's $12.7 million base salary for next season uh, would become fully guaranteed if he's still on the roster. So this is the way the Seahawks and other teams um, structure a lot of their contracts where uh, you know, because the Seahawks don't fully guarantee money beyond year one, they use this kind of what's called, you know, vesting guarantee where uh, it vests into a full guarantee provided you're still on the roster by a certain date. I think it'd be more likely a trade scenario because, and we've talked about this before, if you have to make that decision before February 16th, look, the, the way that this coaching search is going, you may not even have a head coach in place right. until February 12th. If they were to trade Geno Smith... What's he worth? Yeah, I, if if a team is picking up that contract, right, the the twenty two point five million dollars that he's scheduled to make next season, I don't think a whole lot. I think you're probably looking at a day three pick. What do you think? That, what do you think they do? I think that there's a lot working against both a trade and a release. Um, the timing again of the release being that you know if you if you released him before February sixteenth they don't have they they will not have seen any quarterbacks at the combine they will not have met with any quarterbacks at the combine so mm -hmm. you don't have a great feel for what's behind door number two and three. Yeah, Brady's right. We, we've talked about this, Dave. There's even if even if you and I were sitting here going, ah, Gino, he's not great. You don't have an answer. There's not an obvious solution to the absent absence of Gino. If you release him, all right. Well, you you hope Drew Locke can be resigned, I guess, and then you you hope somebody catches your eye in the at the combine and the workouts, and then you draft him. I mean, it's but you've got nobody that's, that's sitting there that says, all right, Gino's not there. We've got this guy. There is no guy. No. And when you make that recommendation via text, have a guy. Yeah, a realistic guy. guy is, but. You know, the the more I think about it, and we start kind of hashing through Gino, I'm almost getting to the point where I'm like, yeah, Ben Johnson would be really interesting to see what he could do to Gino, mm -hmm. you know, with him. Because, you know, look at what Jared Goff, I don't know, I mean, at one point, right now you would take Jared Goff, but at one point I was going to present the idea, you know, well, what if it was Gino or Jared, who would you take? Um, but I feel like Ben Johnson has sort of – refurbished his game there and it can, maybe he can do that with Geno Smith just and really Geno had a really you know we we hear a lot he's get, got a lot of respect around the NFL as far as his accuracy his decision making um things like that so uh I would I'm almost leaning towards yeah maybe Ben Johnson would be my my favorite just because I would love to see what he could do with that offense and and with Geno Smith yeah it, it would it would be fun 
it'd be fun to watch. But uh, you know, again, I'll be happy with either of the two. I just don't. I don't know. You know, again, people are calling in with with different. You know, or texting in different. You know, trade them for Justin Fields. That was well, crazy. Well, you're gonna have to. It's gonna be Geno and in that case. Um, and and again, the Justin Fields thing. I don't quite. I get the potential. I get you're looking at a younger, a much younger guy. He's ten years younger. Uh, he's he's certainly more mobile, athletic at 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 that age. But you haven't seen it on a, in a consistent way on the field to feel like he's worth whatever the price tag is going to be for him to bring him in here because his numbers are not close to Geno's right now. Geno's a better quarterback statistically. You might look at Justin and go, well, he's got more upside. Okay, that might be true, but is he ever, is that ever going to be realized? Is he is he a guy that's really going to grow into that spot and turn into a superstar, or is he going to be something close to what he's been, which is not awesome? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I guess the attraction to him from a lot of people, I don't quite get. Other than you're just betting on that potential. Yeah, you know what though, I, I would say like especially in the NFL, there's no consensus on every player you know like everybody has their own take and what they think that a, a guy can be and it was told a story recently about um somebody who he there was a, a player that was they were gonna draft or whatever this team and and one of the receiver coaches like he can't play guys guys no good meanwhile it ends up being a, a guy who's like a rookie of the year candidate. So, I mean, you've got all these different opinions about what somebody can be and what, you know, what you're looking at. So, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe Fields, if he gets the right coach, you know, maybe. How good is Ben Johnson? Can he turn Justin Fields into? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Maybe. It's a fair point. If it is Ben Johnson and they do have Justin Fields, maybe we see a completely different version of it. He's yeah. only, listen, it's three seasons. His career is far from. Yeah complete or you but so far to this point he's not as good as Gino yeah you're just looking at it going okay what what is it I'm missing other than the potential of him improving dramatically over what he currently is and what yeah. he currently is is not a guy you look at and go he's taking us to the Super Bowl I don't see that no I don't see that so we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do there I, I'm curious to see what the Bears do because the belief is they are gonna take Caleb Williams with the number one pick so that makes Justin Fields expendable. What's the price? If you know they need to trade him and they want to trade him, that kind of brings their price tag down a bit, doesn't it? Well, and he's got an they got an awesome new offensive coordinator there too. Yeah, that's a Shane Waldron. That's right. <laughs> One man's trash is another's treasure. That's right. I'm huh? not calling him trash. I, I like Shane. I thought he was. I thought he did. You know, a, a decent job. But there's a couple of things we were left wanting. Yeah, like a run game and. Offense wasn't awesome. Uncorking it every once in a while. Take some shots downfield. All right. Uh, Bump and Stacy were talking about this the other day, talking about why player development will be the most important thing for the Seahawks in this upcoming season. What still needs to happen from the classes that Seattle has drafted in more recent years? And Bump, both you and I agree those classes have been really solid. Yeah, they've been pretty good, man. You got um, two potential rookie uh, defensive rookie of the years out of the last two draft class you got two starters on defense you got a starter on offense three starters on offense you count um four starters on offense yeah two tackles receiver running back you've uh you had a pro bowl type of player on special teams before he got hurt and jared reed who was leading the league in tackles before he went down They've done a decent job drafting. Now it's about X's and O's, putting guys in positions. There's a lot to like from this draft class, but it only really works if guys continue to develop. I mean, 
Kyle Lewis was an AL Rookie of the Year. Great for the Mariners. That's really awesome. Is he with you now? No. Nah. Right? It only really counts in terms of getting you somewhere. Like, amazing achievement individually for a player. It only counts in terms of getting you somewhere if that player continues to develop. And one thing Seattle didn't get a ton of this year, who knows why, a lot of reasons, was continued development from 2022. Yeah, that was rough. Um, you had Rick Woolen who entered the season nursing a, a knee injury or had a minor surgery, right? Yeah, little, um, in the third year, you need to see improvement. You need to see Rick Woolen become a better tackler. You did get improvement from Boya Mafia, though. Um, you did. You need uh, Charles Cross to win his one-on-one. So, same thing with, uh, with Abe Lucas. You need to see some things. You know, I, I think that's another thing that's going to change. With uh, along with you know moving on from Pete and going to going to another coach is that you're going to see more young players on the field, you know, and that like Derek Hall that occurred to me, you know, you you didn't he wasn't out there consistently and mm -hmm. he 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 played that last game he had a really good game and even on special teams and he just is raw and he needs to get out there and I felt I've kind of felt that way over the last three or four years now. Part of it is because you got a competitive roster. It's hard to get rookies on the field. I get that. But I think it's it was more than anything, and not Pete, but just, you know, the assistant coaches, that there wasn't a lot of trust. You know, you got to trust a guy to put put him out there because it's your ass that's on the line, right? If you're mm -hmm. their wide receiver coach and you keep pressing to put this guy out there and he keeps dropping passes, you're probably going to get fired, you know? So <laughs> that's... I, I guess I get that, but you got to take some chances, and I feel like that's going to be something that we're going to see a little bit more of. Yeah, I, I didn't think Derek Hall got on the field enough, and that's just one example. But you know, I think you know what about Jarek Reed throwing him out there? We talked about um, uh, who's our the running back from from Georgia that they oh McIntosh, Mac, Kenny McIntosh, Kenny Mac. Yeah, I mean that one didn't make sense because you you needed somebody because of injuries. It was yeah. like, all right, what are they? Uh, and then DJ Dallas is your guy at times, but yeah, why not see what this guy can do? They activated him and then they didn't use him. But I, I I always go back to what you say. We're not at practice. I don't know what they're not seeing. Yeah, on the surface, we're sitting here and it makes no sense to me. I'm with you a thousand percent. Going. Kenny McIntosh, you drafted him for a reason. You had some belief that he could get something done. Maybe he's a raw individual that needs a lot of work. But in a situation where you are, you've got two guys who are down and Ken Walker and Charbonnet, and you're sitting there with DJ Dallas, with all due respect to him, why wouldn't you just at least, all right, let's let's get him five carries. Let's see what he looks like. Yeah. Just get drop five plays for Kenny McIntosh and let's see what he looks like. But then I'm like, all right, are they seeing something in practice? He's just not – he's – he doesn't remember the plays. He's going running the wrong way. I don't know what the hell's happening, but well, I mean, I think that's kind of a philosophy thing, and I don't know that, and I don't know if that became Pete's philosophy, but you know, it just seemed like early on, like they started KJ Wright at middle linebacker, yeah, his rookie year, and he wasn't a middle linebacker, so and it's that's one example, but I mean, I, I felt like it used to be the. The idea was, I mean, I remember Chuck Knox. It was like for every rookie you start, you will lose a game. Yeah. You know, it was just crazy. But now I feel like uh, you get get these guys out there with Derek Hall. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be that rough if he makes a mistake. I mean, if it happens to be on his side, whatever. But get him some reps. Get him out there. So I think that's going to change.
Yeah, I, I, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. One more quickly here. This is Brady talking about two potential options for the Seahawks with Tyler Lockett this offseason. What are the options with Tyler Lockett? He's got a, what, $28 million cap number for 2024. What can they do? Yeah, just about $28 million, which is a massive number for, for anybody. And I don't think that they can stomach that cap hit as it is. So I think the two likeliest options are, one, you add some dummy years onto the end of the contract and you basically do what's called a simple conversion. You're just basically borrowing cap space from the next few years, uh, using it this year, and then you're paying that cap charge down the road. That's option number one. The second most likely option is a difficult one, but I think a, a feasible one here. It's you go to him and, and ask him to take a pay cut. And you say, look, let's let's say the salary is 16 million and change. Hypothetically, you come to him and say, hey, we want to bring that down to eight or nine million. And you give him the opportunity to earn the difference back in incentives. And I think as a guy who has you know, been here as long as he has, who has produced as much as he has, they would owe him that opportunity to, to at least win that money back. It's rare to get a guy to agree to something like that, to take a pay cut because the ego gets involved the agent gets involved. I think in this case, it's feasible because they have such a good relationship with the agent who they've done a ton of deals with. And because Tyler Lockett is, I think, level-headed enough to know that as a an, an, you know, 30-plus-year-old receiver, there's just not that many of those guys making the type of money he's scheduled to make on the back end of what was a pretty backloaded contract. Brady Henderson, assistant GM. Yeah. He knows his stuff, man. Oh, he's he's good. He's yeah. very good. I... I They'd have to do something because I'm looking at Spotrack right now and his dead cap hit. Like if they just let he said no and they're like, well, we're going to release you. According to Spotrack, it's just a little under $20 million. Ooh. And we've talked about Jamal Adams being another potential we're going to release him. And he, I think he's 21. Yeah. You can't absorb those kind of hits. Not, you, you know, maybe one two. you could even one seems big either of those seems too big but you're certainly not doing both so i don't know what their plan is for jamal if that is their plan with jamal and they're just hey we're just going to eat it what a bummer you, you can't do that with tyler no i, I don't think so either yeah so uh, that is such a bummer about jamal adams yeah uh, well maybe they'll figure out something maybe that maybe they've got a different plan about they always it. seem to, to to get through it and you know not it's not like you don't feel like by the time the season starts they're wanting you know you feel like you got pretty pretty decent competition at every at every position and it's it doesn't ever seem to be if if there isn't because of the cap yeah all right good stuff that's best of the rest we do that a couple of times a week taking a listen to what the other shows are talking about and respond to that meanwhile uh this is our our uh, last chance to find out this week what we learned we're gonna we always learn we don't know exactly what it is until this segment coming up so we'll learn together it's wyman and bob this is seattle sports on 710 This is a house of learned doctors. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today? No one's a bigger idiot than me. is the easiest way out. The learning never stops, as we tell you each and every night. We find out what we learn. Just a reminder, we've got mean text coming up in about 15 minutes, so you still have some time to get creative at 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We'll do that coming up, but let's find out what we learned. Mike Lefko. I don't know how it came to this, but somehow we we're at the point today where Wyman was helping people pronounce words. 
there's a, a familiar familiarity. Uh, sorry, I still might be feeling the cruise, uh, either the swing or the alcohol. But the uh, <laughs> did, you, did you hear me struggle through that last word? By the way, good God, familiarity. Uh, but that was the, a tough one. Uh, the familiar. What say it for me, Dave? Wow, I just tried to get. I don't think I'm going to get through it. Say it for me. Yeah, I don't. What I don't think it? I'm the guy that should be charged with this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not his strength. Familiarity. How about that? And let me ask the other guy who feels like he's on a cruise ship when he's not all the time. Uh, yeah. Familiarity. I was trying to get him a couple times. I was I was trying to get him to unload on me, and he just didn't. He, I was like, well, it wasn't very funny. And he kind of changed the subject. He wasn't on. He wasn't on his game today. I think he was being literal about maybe the drinking and the repercussions from the cruise. Yeah. So. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, lot, the the spark wasn't quite there. You, yeah. Normally, he was he's ready to pounce on those moments. That dude just he makes me laugh just looking at him the second he walks in. He's just hilarious. <laughs> What else did we learn, Lefko? I was going to say, uh, Dave, you've had a big effect on everyone today because we learned that your tech savviness is rubbing off on Matt. Last night, I did something profoundly stupid. You're oh, bugging once you again, again. You're complaining about yourself. Yeah, I'm always the thing that's bugging me, and I'm sure a therapist would have a field day with that. <laughs> Matt is always annoying himself. It really is always me that's bugging me. <laughs> last year, I read The Dead Zone by Stephen King. Great book. One of his best, truly. Yes. So last night, I finally sat down to watch it. Had my popcorn ready, had a glass of wine, had the whole deal. I was ready. I start it, and it's silent. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, David Cronenberg's trying to like build suspense with this silent <laughs> opening. The first three minutes of the movie are kind of like the opening credits with like the logo of the dead zone slowly fading in. And then after that three minutes, it goes to Christopher Walken in a classroom and it's still silent. And I realize what I've done is forget to turn my sound bar on. I, I, I like that you were making excuses for the director and everything. Oh, they're going this route. No, okay. I, it's, kind of <laughs> it's David Cronenberg. He does weird stuff. This I thought he was he trying to do something. <laughs> uh, nope, I, I'm just an idiot. And we did have a therapist text in and said, yes, that's correct field day i should probably save that texter's number huh yeah you should also i was trying to play therapist with him i was like i think you're being too hard on yourself man let's look at this no again it's not the just forgetting to turn the sound bar on that happens but it's just the fact that i was so sure oh they're doing something interesting by keeping it silent until the action starts I was yeah. trying so hard. I was making excuses not to think that I had done something stupid. Thinking it was a bold artistic choice. You yeah, thought exactly. you were uh, Mr. Uh, movie Review. Yeah. Right? I was trying was to that, be really uppity with it. What was the? Uh, <laughs> what were the two guys that used to do? Siskel and Ebert. Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. They were the big shot. That's who you thought you were. That's nobody, exactly who I nobody thought remembers, I was. Nobody remembers those names. <laughs> That's from like 30, 40 years ago. Are they, they're both gone, right? They both, they both died. I don't know. Yeah, they did. You're like my dad. You think everybody died? Well, I think I, I know they both died. <laughs> I'm just trying. My dad was used to. Yeah, didn't that guy die? I'm like, yeah. No, I, I think, think Siskel so. went first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's taking a morbid turn. Well, yeah, it did. All right, yeah, let's, let's move let's on. Let's get back Say to something. Back to the funny. Uh, well, you M guys, make us laugh, thumb. You guys are getting the <laughs> reputation. Uh, you guys are getting the reputation as Niners fans. Some good news for the 49ers. Debo Samuel is good to go. He's got no injury designation for the game coming up this weekend against the Detroit Lions. And somebody who can uh, shed a little light on him is uh, with us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is the Titan reporter for ESPN. Teron Davenport is with us. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing really well, man. I had to. I heard the update. I had to look at my phone and just make sure I was on the Seattle station. Some good news for the 49ers. It's like the Hatfield saying good news for the McCoy, man. What's going on over there? <laughs> we're objective here. We're just we're just saying, hey, they're happy. They got Debo back. So, all right. Hope, we're all hoping for a okay. good game this weekend. So, yeah, ho- hopefully the Niners lose, though. You got that part right. That was we, funny. We get accused of that all the time. Anytime we're objective about something, it's like, oh, why you why do you love that guy so much? Why do you love that team so much? You you're you're the Astros. Well, you've you've made it harder to defend it because you've you've said you should root for the Astros, which is Aaron Goldsmith accurately pointed out. You're a psycho. Well, that's fine. I just you know to me, uh, I'm perfectly uh, happy in that role. The, the psycho role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, feels comfortable and used to it actually. Uh, but no, I I feel like the team that that beats you. You know, if he goes on to win everybody, you know, beat everybody else, I, I feel like that's that's good for your team because, you know, they were really good. It's not – if they – what if they, they beat you and then they go to the next round and they just get blown out? They just look terrible. I, I that, still that take great delight in you it. You got beat by a super terrible team. Yeah, but if it's in the playoffs, you know they're not terrible. Maybe they had just a bad series or a bad night if it's football. But, yeah, I just – I derive more joy out of – them getting squashed than I would saying, well, Mariners lost to a really good team. That, that that gives me no joy. Aaron Goldsmith should not be the arbiter of who is and isn't a psycho. I just got to say that. Yeah, think, I have to side with Dave on this one. Does he? Have I think some Aaron calling you a himself? psycho is a compliment in a way. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring I think Lyman's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know those guys from your your All too well. time. Yeah, too too well. Psychos. Uh, what else did we learn? Ah, uh, yeah, that it is fun. Always go back in the archives. There, <laughs> he is a psychopath in a good way, though. I guess. Um, well, we learned that you know Adam might have been off his game a little bit, but still got in a good shot at Salk. <laughs> I love how much Pete, like, even in the last interview, you know, making a joke about uh, Pete calling uh, calling out his wife, and then Salk was just like. Was it because she always told you what to do or whatever he said? And Pete just shut that down so quick, being like, no, you jerk. It was because she's a great woman and she's I respect her and this and that. I just love Pete for that because I thought that was such a poor choice by Mike to be like, hey, like just ripping the rug out from under this guy's sweet moment with his wife. I don't know. I mean, you, you throw a lot of darts, they don't all stick. And that one definitely missed the board and hit some stranger in the eyeball. That That, that is funny. I. I've missed a couple of times on things like that where you think, oh, okay, this will be funny. And then it's like, no, it was stupid and ill-timed and not really didn't go with the flow. I didn't hear that question in the interview. I didn't hear the whole interview, but do you guys recall that? Now I want to go back and hear it. I don't remember <laughs> the exact thing, no. Yeah. So he tried to make a joke there, but it was really because that was the the one thing that uh, Pete got really choked up about. Yeah, was about Glenna, his wife, and how she's just been such a great partner for him, and and all that. And then Mike tried to make a joke uh, out of that. Uh, that's kind of funny. I'll I tell I, you, I'm gonna have to go listen to it. I've seen that stare from Wyman before. I've tried to make a joke. <laughs> he just gives you a blank stare yeah, like well, that. Wasn't no, funny. kind of the the disgusted stare there. <laughs> Missed my moment. I hit it. I hit someone in the eyeball, so I know how that feels. Hey, look, he's making it again. Let's <laughs> see. I want to punch you in the throat. Look. Yeah. Sometimes there's a hand gesture that accompanies it. But, yeah. you know. They frown upon that. Yeah. What What did you say yesterday that got Matt to go? 
Oh, he was like repulsed by yeah. something you said. Was it a pun? No, that was a while ago. But no, it was, it was yesterday. It was yesterday or the day before? It happens most days, right? I think it was a pun. You yeah. said something where you were. You, it was right as Matt was opening oh, yeah, the door during the break. It was definitely earlier in the week. It wasn't yesterday because I remember the situation. I don't remember what the joke. Yeah, was. it was like it was almost like he was. Uh, he was disgusted. He was so disgusted in an endearing way, though. Uh, there might have been was, an expletive thrown in there, like I don't, you get yeah. bleepity bleep, uh, you know. Yeah, I do. Rem- I don't remember what he said, but I do remember just the energy draining from me after he said it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was like it was uh, physically it taxed you in yeah. some way. <laughs> there was almost pain associated with it. What an impact you had with your words, Lefko. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, speaking of jokes, uh, Wyman, you were in the zone last night. That's what we learned. I just want you to know something, Matt. Mm. This was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> you want to put I want you, you to know on the that. spot. That makes sense. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> so we what, can always count on you. What we did last week is we went through, Dave and I did, went through all of the uh, teams and we picked out players we thought could be difference makers. But the quarterback seems the most obvious. So we're going to hold that rule yeah. again. We can't. Nobody's picking Lamar. Well, and I, uh, last night, I got a little fired up and I bragged about my picks and I'm thinking about applying to be a G- GM. Aria. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why, did I, your picks do well? Yeah, they did. You didn't read my email, Bob? Did you put all their stats? <laughs> <laughs> did you put all their stats on there? Because then did. I probably didn't. <laughs> yeah, um, you were poured. Well, you sent like five of them last night. So I was like, all right, Dave's on one tonight. I don't know what's going on here. But you thought it was on a bender, didn't you? Well, I thought there could be some influence. <laughs> Dave cracked himself up with that one. <laughs> I did love that laugh that came out of it. Uh, it was a, you remember uh, Clayton's laugh where he'd go, <laughs> oh yeah, he I would giggle. Loved that, loved that. He he, <laughs> and you'd always hear it certain topics because he would latch onto it and it wouldn't go away. Yeah, and then a lot of times he would repeat the joke or yeah, yeah, and just kill it. The Drew Brees contract. Yeah. Uh, all right, is that everything? All right. Now we we got to go to another silly segment here. Now now everybody that listened to all this and they're coming up with material to take shots at us with, just get creative. You still got a few minutes. 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Mean text coming your way with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports. It's your time to shine, everybody. You take shots at us. If you're creative, we're gonna we're gonna share them with everybody. Uh, this one comes from the two five three mean text. My life is so dull that the most exciting thing that happens to me is when they read my text over the radio. Oh, mean text about you guys, Bob. You are in a constant state of fussiness. Dave, you look just like a guy who is always sticky. Lefko, hmm. all your entire personality is the embodiment of a mean text. Matt, you're okay. <laughs> and then he, he or she followed up with, Dave, you look stoned. Not high, but like somebody pummeled you with large rocks over and over and over again. <laughs> ah, the literal stoned. <laughs> 509, nice and simple. You're all a bunch of lollygaggers. Uncalled for. Uh, a couple have lumped in on the same theme, so we'll do the 360 and 425 together. Basically, with as much time as the Seahawks have spent looking for a new head coach, 710 should do that, looking for new hosts of this show. Oh. Mm. Yeah. 
That one, that, that cuts. Uh, 208 here. How about this? Bob explaining what happens on Twitter to Dave is like a nine-year-old's response to how their day was at school. So-and-so said this, and then this person did this, and then I did this. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's, That's sort of how that goes. That's solid work right there. I don't 208. know what 425 is referring to, but he said, didn't you go to Stanford, Wyman? Yes, I did. They didn't have that class. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, the same person, though. This is pretty funny. With Schneider doing such an extensive coaching search, can we get him to search for some new afternoon show hosts? Nice. Is there an echo? Did so you just, that that? You just that echo from? <laughs> Did you just yeah. say that? Oh my God! I was so. <laughs> Where did the echo come from? I was so dialed in here, looking at. I wasn't even listening. Uh, I got a question about Drew Brees' contract. <laughs> oh, my God. Dave is stoked. No, sometimes, I, sometimes I'll look up and go, yeah, I know that I screwed that up. That time I was like, I did not hear that at all. You're sitting here reading it, and I'm looking at left coke. What the hell is he doing? Literally, it was kind of quiet. The first and only one I've read today so far. Oh, my God. Uh, I, is... Mike, I have to apologize. <laughs> I was not listening to you at all. Oh. Now you admit it at least. Thank my you. Bad. So. My bad. My bad. Oh, yeah. that is good. My bad. <laughs> we might have some live totally new shocked. material for mean text here. Totally shocked. Okay, uh, Dave, I'm about to read something, so please don't repeat what I read here. I'm ready. I'm looking at you. <laughs> 206 yeah. says, if Wyman had been a running back for the Seahawks, it would have been known as least mode. Least mode. Ah. Right. <laughs> uh, 206 says, if Wyman would have been a running back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> 360. Nice. This show is like the Golden Girls. Four old ladies arguing about Melba toast. I guess Melba you you're included in the old old crew yeah, here. We are. Right. We're no, all complaining. Know what? Matt Matt's so young that like earlier when he told the story about popcorn and and wine, I was like, "You're not old enough to drink, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was popcorn and soda for you. Popcorn and wine. It's quite a combo. Hmm. Uh, Matt, so someone took a shot at you here. Two, five, three. If you guys gave Matt a football and a basketball, could he tell you which one is which? <laughs> well, according to Lefko, he'd have some doubts. I could do it. Lefko had very little faith in your ability to identify anybody who's played at a professional level. That, yeah, that, probably smart on him though. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you hear it every day. That is the thing. I believe in his ability to tune us out. Yeah, so just I think like it just seeps in. It's I'm osmosis. It just seeps in. in Apparently, fairness, I have an ability to <laughs> to block you out, Lefko. Yeah, so <laughs> Wyman can do it. Matt can do it. <laughs> uh, what else? I was seeing if any news come in about that. Um, 253 says, it really speaks to you guys and your skill sets that you're a sports talk show, and the only entertaining thing about it is a rogue board op that knows nothing about sports and the sassy comments he flings at you three buffoons. <laughs> a rogue board op. Rogue. You're I'm rogue. Going rogue. <laughs> uh, Mike and Federal Way. Bob and Dave, great show today. You're both on top of your game. Well, that's not mean, but that's nice. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a punchline there. But Sorry, Mike, you're wrong. Just a nice... Nice comment. Bob's on top of his game. Uh, no, I, just, I love that. I was staring at Lefko watching that reaction. That was hilarious. Sometimes, you know, usually I know, but like that one, that's kind of scary. <laughs> like I entirely blocked you out, man. Did not hear one. That, well, that part's not surprising that you blocked him out. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, man. that was good. Uh, Nelson said the Siskel and Ebert disrespect hurts. Absolute legends. Did we disrespect them? I don't think so. I think we just couldn't remember him. 
Well, I, were, I know who they are. Well, you I said just, they were dead. Well, that's not disrespect. That's a fact. Well, they are dead. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a statement of fact, unfortunately. Uh, 360 says, here's one from Mean Text. Dave just asked you guys are overthinking the coaching position. I'd say uh, definitely. You're definitely not overthinking it. There's no overthinking mm. going on here. No, exactly. No. Yeah. Um, 360, when we were talking about Mike Kafka being boring, uh, 360 chimed in. Playing Mike Kafka's press conference would be the equivalent to dead air, which is bad radio, unless it happens between 2 to 6 p.m. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they'd rather have dead air than this <laughs> does. We're starting to take a turn for the worse. That's not mine. I'm uh, just reading what's worked out here. Uh, Somebody's taking a shot at Adam Ray. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to catch up. There's a lot coming in. Uh, this one says, mean text. Yeah, I was working in my yard the other day, and I saw this rock, and it captivated my attention. I now realize the rock held my attention and was funnier than Adam Ray was this afternoon on your show. Hmm. I'd say you went a little bit too far there. A little bit too far. But taking a shot at Adam, that's not, it's not recommended. I like to do it early on and just so he'll hit you back I, I think it's hilarious yeah he didn't really fall for it today yeah you just, usually you tee him up and he's yeah. gonna he's gonna hit he yeah he was on the boat and there's a lot of alcohol consumed so i guess that's what it is uh 208 show is so bad the hosts don't even listen yeah <laughs> i hope nobody else has read this one uh this says wyman breaking news seahawks fire pete carroll <laughs> did you get did you do that one already mike no i did okay. not uh, here's a new one as well. 206 says, Dave, have a great flight this weekend. All the best to your 49ers. Oh, jeez. Oh, Seth in Fresno says, I don't know who was more drunk and incoherent today, Dave or Adam. <laughs> uh, the reading of a mean text by Dave was the very best mean text ever, Jen in Beaverton. Thank you, Jen. Um, Although she did credit me with the uh, really good question. Remember, I wanted to get extra points for the really good oh, question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ray equals Walmart dice clay. <laughs> That's from the 206. Uh, Dave showing off his one-track mind. Says 509. What's the one track? I don't know. Oh, well, I got a good one. We're ready to uh, close it out here. Go for it. Uh, 425 says, with Schneider doing such an extensive coaching search, can we get him to search for some new afternoon show hosts? <laughs> I think I've Seems that familiar. It <laughs> is hauntingly familiar. <laughs> On that note, all right, everybody, that does it for us. want to thank our guests today, our buddy Adam Ray and Teron Davenport, giving us some insight on Mike Vrabel out of Tennessee. So really, really good stuff out there. If you missed any of today's show, Make sure you head to the podcast page, seattlesports.com. Click the podcast tab and click on our picture, and it's right there waiting for you after the show each and every single day. Click subscribe. That way, again, you know, you can just ignore these instructions each and every night because you already click subscribe, and it shows up for you. It's perfect. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're going to be back on Monday with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.